Welcome again. Go ahead and grab a seat. Welcome again to H2O Church. We're so glad you're here to worship with us. It's awesome to see all of you. Sarah, thank you again for sharing your beautiful story. Awesome to hear what God is doing in your life. As you saw at the very beginning, the series that we're going through is the book of Psalms. If you've been here all summer, you know this has been a, a, a series full of emotion, highs and lows and excitement and prayer and praise, and we are continuing in that today. We're going to be talking about Psalm 13. If you have a Bible, you can open up. Uh, there'll also be some on the, on the screen here. And this Psalm 13, this unfiltered version of what we're going to talk about today, is probably not going to be, to warn you, the feel-good message of the summer. It's titled, The God Who Shatters Dreams. Doesn't sound very good, does it? The, the slogan at BGSU is, dream big, right? I'm a person that loves to dream. Maybe we have some dreamers out here, and you're told to, you know, follow your dreams. You know, really dream big. Go after your dreams. I think there's even a song that says, dream on, dream on, dream until your dreams come true. A little quote from Aerosmith this morning. But what we're going to talk about today is those valley experiences where we have these big dreams and we want God to do something big and where our heart is wide open and we're praying and God shatters that dream and that dream doesn't come to fruition. And those are really hard heart moments for us. Those are the valley experiences that test our faith. And we're going to dive into this psalm and talk about that today. So let's ask God to speak to us through his word. God, we thank you for this opportunity to look into your scriptures, to be known by you and to have you speak to us is one of the great pleasures of our lives. And so, Lord, we ask for your mercy and your grace to open up our hearts and open up our minds to what you want to say to us through Psalm 13. God, thank you that you're here with us. Thank you that you want us to know you and you want us to grow in our walk with you. And so we ask that you would make that happen. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's dive right into Psalm 13. It's only six verses. The psalmist says, How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. And my enemy will say, I have overcome him. And my foes will rejoice when I fall. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praises, for he has been good to me. You can see in this short psalm that at the very beginning, this is a real cry to God. This is a really heartfelt thing of like, you just feel forgotten. How long, Lord, will you forget me? I'm, I'm talking to you. I want you to speak to me. I want to interact with you. There's things going on in my life, and I want you to intercede and help me in this life, and I just feel forgotten. He says, how long will you hide your face from me? I'm sure all of us could relate to that at one time or another where we're just not experiencing God. We're not feeling close to God, and he feels a million miles away. And what... 
what we're really identifying with here is that we have times where we feel abandoned and forgotten. If you have ever felt abandoned from God or just forgotten or that he is not answering your prayers or your heart feels just so disappointed and crushed, you're not alone. And, and what we're trying to do in this unfiltered series, and as Kent was saying, just being really honest, we don't just want to come to church and just put on this happy face that we're all happy Christians and everything in our lives just goes so smoothly because we love Jesus, because we know that's not actually our experience. And if you feel that way, you are at home here. We all feel that way. And the psalmist feels that way as he cries out here and, and pours out his heart. He feels abandoned and forgotten. You know, when I think about some of those low moments that I want to share uh, with you, where my faith was really tested, and just be brutally honest with you, I, I think about several of those valleys. I've had a handful in my life over the last 20 years of, of walking with Christ. There's been some really hard things. And, and this was a really hard thing, but it turned out okay. And that's not the main one that I want to share, but one of, the, one of the really difficult ones was with my wife when she broke up with me when we were dating. Yeah, my wife did that to me. My kids love this story. It's one of their favorite stories. But we were at a Colorado LT, and I was kind of rushing things along, and I was really impatient, and I was just pressuring her pretty much. And she's like, I just don't have peace, and I need to break this off. But what had happened right before that that made it super hard is I had written her a song. Yeah. And we went out on this romantic date, and we went up into the Rocky Mountains, and I pull out my guitar, and I sing this song to her, and we come down the mountain, and she's like, we need to talk. I was like, oh, that does not sound good. She broke up with me after I wrote the song. And my kids always ask me, did you cry, Dad? I was like, yeah, I cried really hard. And then they laugh. I don't know why they want to laugh when Dad cries. But even though that was a crisis for me, and I was really questioning what God was doing, that one turned out okay. God blessed me with Mary Lynn. And so it's easy to look back on those stories and say, well, that one turned out okay, and I can see what God's doing. But there's other things where the dreams are shattered. And one of my biggest dreams as a, as a young Christian was that my dad would come to know Christ and really follow, just really uh, follow Jesus and lead our family. I have five brothers, all these boys. And, and from an early time when I gave my life to Jesus, I would pray repeatedly, Lord, help my dad know you and be a spiritual leader. And I prayed that so fervently. I, that was probably one of the most frequent prayers I prayed for well over a decade. And there were times where my faith was wavering and I felt God saying like, just keep praying. And I really believed that God was going to answer that prayer. Well, about 13 years ago, my dad died. And it was the death of a dream. I remember just weeping and weeping over that. Of course, because I loved my dad and I missed him. And I was just so sad to not have him in our lives. And when someone close to you like that dies, you know, you think, man, I just wanted more time with him. And even though it's so long ago, you know, you still miss him. You still think of him. But apart from the missing him, was, there was a part of my heart that felt shattered. Because I really thought 
God was going to answer that prayer, and he didn't. And it took me a while. It really took me a while to build up my trust again. And just, I was just asking those questions that we all ask, God, why? why? This was a good prayer. This was a good dream. I was dreaming something huge that was going to impact our family in what I thought would be really amazing ways. And it didn't happen. And I questioned my faith, and I questioned God's goodness at that moment. Another one that was really hard for me that was more recently was one of my best friends that passed away. When I first moved to Columbus and went into ministry, it was kind of a lonely time for me. And I really cried out to God, and I said, man, God, it would be awesome if you gave me a good friend, a peer to just go through this life with. And within a month, he blessed me. He answered that prayer with Chad Beidel. Here's a picture of him with his family. And Chad and I just were so close. We went into ministry together. We raised support together. We did ministry at Ohio State together. We lived together for six years. We almost got married at about the same time. Our three kids are about their ages of his kids. We, we just had so much in common. And a few years back, he called me and said, I have cancer, and they're just giving me terrible odds. And we prayed and we cried out to God for him to be healed. And there were moments where it was just looking really good, like he might be healed or the, the chemotherapy was going to work. Or then he would get a blood transfusion or he would get a, a bone marrow transplant. All these ups and downs and just praying and praying and praying. And I remember his one big prayer request. I remember kneeling down with him and crying and praying with him. And he says, Lord, I just want to walk my daughter down the aisle. He cried out to God, Lord, would you answer that prayer for me? If I could just walk my daughter down the aisle. Man, that's a good prayer, isn't it? That's a good dream. We got to celebrate a wedding this, this weekend with Abby, Abby Lewis from here, getting married to Caleb. And just seeing her dad yesterday reminded me of Chad. His, her dad, was Terry, was just so excited and, and very emotional and tears, walking his daughter down the aisle. I think, man, that's a great dream. And I remember when Chad died and standing up and doing his funeral and just seeing his wife and his three kids sitting in that front row. I was like, man, God, why? He's such a good man. It would have been awesome if he could have answered that prayer. But in reality, the harsh truth is that sometimes God shatters the dreams that we have because he has something different in mind. I've been reading this book that's been really good called Shattered Dreams and why I titled it this. It's written by Larry Crabb and he's an awesome author. And there's a lot in this book that's speaking to me. But one of the, one of the sections that he writes here that I want to read the quote is how a lot of us are. We, we come to Jesus and we're so thankful for the forgiveness that he gives, but we could easily think Jesus is going to change everything and I'm going to have an easy life. I'm going to have a good life and it's going to be pretty comfortable. We can, we can have that kind of naive approach to Jesus. And Larry Crabb had the same thing. He had expectations and here's what he says. 
I've had expectations that were dashed and dreams that were shattered. I was saved at the age of eight at a boys camp where the counselor had 80 boys look into a bonfire and say, boys, you have a choice to make, trust Jesus or burn in the fires of hell forever. Wow. I thought that was a no-brainer, so I trusted Jesus. And I think when I trusted him for salvation to go to heaven, I think I was trusting him for a good life. I think I was trusting him for pleasant feelings, for nice circumstances, for everything going well, meeting a nice girl, marrying her, having wonderful kids, having great sex, having great money, having great health, all the blessings of life. Larry Crabb goes on to say that we, a lot of us come to Jesus with these expectations. But then he goes on to say that as life goes on, as many of you know uh, in the city uh, group here, that when life comes at you and you get older and older, things get hard. And Larry Crabb had a bout with cancer himself where he was fighting cancer. And he had another situation where his brother died unexpectedly. And at this present time, his mother has a terrible case of Alzheimer's and barely knows the family. And Larry's saying, man, God, is this how it's going to go? Is this how you shatter our dreams? And you just feel so wrecked on the inside and it messes with your mind. It messes with the doubts that you feel. And you just feel sad and you think, is this what Christianity is about? And as we go on and read Psalm 13 too, the psalmist feels the same way. He, he's saying, how long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? This could be many of our prayers. God, why is this stuff going on in this life the way it is? Why do I feel this pain? I don't understand this. And I'm starting to think it has to do with you. Maybe you're not what I thought you are because I'm just having all kinds of negative thoughts and I'm just sad and I'm broken and this doesn't make sense to me. And we're left asking the question, why do we have the sorrow and the pain and the shattered dreams. Is this what we signed up for? And you know when my dad died and people try to comfort you. And I know when Chad died and his wife Shalise and people try to comfort her. It's easy for us to not know what to say. Right? And we don't want the pat answers. We don't want the platitudes. We don't want the simple answers because it just doesn't help. But what we're trying to discover and what each of us need to do in our own way is we need to get before God one-on-one -on -one and ask Him to speak to us and just talk to us individually. And I know for some of us here, maybe that's something that you do a lot in your life. Maybe for some of you, you don't even know what that means, and that's okay. We're glad you're here. But what we'd like you to take from that is whether that's a frequent experience in your life or you've not experienced that in any way what we want you to know is that God wants to interact with you he knows you and he wants a relationship with you and even if it's just a simple thing through scripture or you just keep pursuing this relationship and down the road he's going to speak to you we want you to know that's God's desire he wants to interact with you and that leads us to our, our first thing of just why God might be allowing these things to happen. Number one, 
Here's the harsh reality. God will shatter good dreams in our lives to replace them with great dreams. You and I probably have some good prayers that we're praying. We probably have some really good dreams. There is nothing wrong. It is biblical to pray for good health and good money and good relationships and and cry out to God that our kids will grow up and and love the Lord and and all the things that we pray for. God, I just want to get through this class. Would you help me get a good grade? Would you help me get a job? Would you help me find a boyfriend or a girlfriend? These are good prayers and they're good dreams. But they might not be the best dream for you. Really what God is pursuing in our lives, the top of dream, is found in James 1, verses 2 through 4. And I'll be honest with you, I hate this verse. (laughs) Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds. That's why I don't like this verse. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. No, I don't know that. I want comfort in my life. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Boy, I've memorized this verse. I've said this to myself hundreds of times. But this is the big dream that God has for you and I that I'm still figuring out in my life. That when the trials come, When the heartache comes, when the dreams are shattered, God wants me to consider it a joyful thing, a good thing. Why? Because the testing of my faith produces endurance. It makes me stronger and endure so that by the time I die, I trust in Jesus. He's trying to strengthen our faith. He's trying to get us to trust him even more than we do now. And sometimes he will allow those trials to come just to strengthen our faith. And if you're like me, I don't like that process. But I know way down deep that it's a good thing. Because this persistence, this perseverance that he talks about is going to finish its work. What? That we might be mature and complete in Christ, not lacking anything. And you know this maturity that that I'm pursuing, this maturity that a lot of us are pursuing, this spiritual depth to say we're spiritually mature, for me, one of the things it means is that I don't have a happiness based only on my circumstances. A lot of us, most of our lives, we're seeking happiness because our circumstances are good. And God is trying to get rid of that in our lives, and he's trying to give us a joy that is beyond our circumstances. Man, is that so difficult to be above circumstances in our life because God loves us, because Jesus died for us, because we have something in our lives, the Holy Spirit dwelling in us that's not going to change. In this hope for eternity, that is Christian maturity. Not our eyes on the circumstances, but a a maturity that comes through our eyes on Jesus alone. But I'm like you, when the circumstances of life are not going well, we start to question God. We start to question God's goodness. Oswald Chambers says it so well. The root of all sin is the suspicion that God is not good. 
when things are not going well in life and God is possibly trying to mature us, the enemy will come in and he will spread suspicion of God's character. He will whisper to us and said, maybe that God's not good. Maybe God doesn't know you. Maybe God doesn't hear you. God has forgotten you. That's what the enemy is whispering to us when our circumstances are bad. And we need to quickly dismiss that and say no to that. That is not true. And we need to come back to James 1 and say, God is up to something good here. It doesn't seem good to me, but I know he's going to give me something better than what I was counting on. And we learn to start to embrace the pain and the emptiness. And that's the second point. This pain and this emptiness that we feel can remind us that we are not home. The pain and the emptiness, the groaning inside of us, that hurt, can be a reminder. It can be a gigantic arrow to us that this life is not the end, but heaven is our destination when we trust in Jesus. And we're, we're, we're so fixated on right now. And we're so fixated on these earthly things in this physical realm. And God is saying, I know this is going to hurt. I know it's going to be uncomfortable. I know it's going to be difficult. But I'm trying to get your eyes to the right place. To me and eternity. This is not our home. But the Bible says we have a citizenship in heaven. Jesus said to his disciples before he ascended into heaven, I go to make a place for you. Man, that can change my perspective to know that my best friend, Jesus, is in heaven making a place for me. Jesus is in heaven making a place for you as we speak. Larry Crabb says that sometimes he's going to take away the good in your life to create an appetite for what's better. And the last point is that when we are asking these questions, God, why? Why are you doing this? Another possible thing is that we've forgotten this, that all that really matters on this earth is us trusting in Jesus, having a lasting relationship, a loving relationship with God. That's all that matters. A trusting, lasting, loving relationship with your Creator. That's got to be the number one thing in all of our lives, and there shouldn't be a close second place. Really giving Him all of our heart and entering into this intimacy. You know, sometimes the deepest intimacy I have with my wife is after a conflict, after a tension where I'm really mad or she's mad and we're frustrated and, and we're at that fork in the road of like, what are we going to do right now? Are we going to drift or are we going to allow this conflict to bring us closer? And I've joked with you about this and I joke with this with Mary Lynn, but sometimes when we're really having those conflicts and it's hard to get anywhere, we force ourselves to hold hands and pray. And I don't want to touch her at those times. And I'm sure she doesn't want to touch me at those times. But that's 
the struggle in our hearts. That's what we're going through in these relationships, and that's what God wants with us. These tensions come. These conflicts come, and we're mad at God, and it's okay to be mad at God and to, to cry out and say, have you forgotten me? What is going on here? And he just smiles. He said, this is going to bring, bring intimacy into our relationship, and that's what he wants that's how this psalm ends, is to the finish line, to the point. He says, but I trust in your unfailing love, God. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise, for he has been good to me. That's what he brings us back to. That no matter what goes on in this world, are we going to trust in his unfailing love. Even though I can't see it, I'm not feeling it, my emotions are not in line with what this is saying, um, but am I going to really hunker down here, God, and trust you that you're loving and that you're good? And when we allow that to come into our lives through his spirit, it ends in us singing praise to him. And, and then we remember again, yes, God, you have been good to me. You've given me more than I ever deserved by dying for me on the cross so that my sins might be forgiven, so that I have the hope of eternity and salvation in you. I'm good now. That's all I needed. Okay, those dreams didn't work out, but the big dream of us being close and me being reunited with you, that dream is going to happen. I'm going to pray here and end but I wanted to play you a song that I think encapsulates this. And I know this is different than what we normally do, but I'm going to play you a song. I'm not going to play you a song. I'm going to play you a song through the speakers. And this is a song called My Last Amen by Down Here. And this is one of my all-time favorite songs. When I'm discouraged and I listen to this song, I think about the end of my life. I think about the finish line of where we're all going. And yeah, there's some mountaintops and there's some shattered dreams on the way, but we're going on this journey to this destination of when we say our last amen and we go to stand before God. And so the lyrics are going to come up here. I'm just going to sit for a moment and let you Think about this song and, and read the lyrics because this whole series is on psalms and they're really song lyrics. And so that's why I want you to hear this and then I'll come up and I'll pray. <laughs> 